0: The reading is from Colossians chapter 1, beginning at verse 9. It's page 1182, if you want to look it up in the Bibles. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you, We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way bearing fruit in every good work growing in the knowledge of God in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the word of the Lord.
1: like you're just getting a little snack from scripture. That is a banquet. We can't possibly devour everything in it in the next few minutes. Uh, Today, as we said, is the Sunday that we call Christ the King. Christ the King is a relatively uh, recent festival in the church's calendar. It was initiated in the 20th century by one of the popes um, with rising tensions in Europe such as um, trouble in Italy and Hitler um, starting to rattle his sabre in Germany. Um, The Pope said this is a good time to reassert the fact that Christ is King. And we do so on the last Sunday of the church's year before Advent begins. And In our passage this morning, we start with Paul um, praying this amazing prayer for the church in Colossae. He's Probably um, quoting an early hymn to paint a picture of the kingship of Jesus, which is huge. It's cosmic. And Paul's aim here is very clear. The poorer our vision of Christ, the poorer our discipleship will be. The richer our vision of him, then the richer our lives as disciples will be. So it's really important that we enlarge our vision of Christ today. Please have that Bible reading open in front of you if you can. There are uh, Bibles under all of the seats, or there should be. And as you uh, get your Bible and find your reading, um, I'm going to pray for us that Heavenly Father open our eyes so that we can see you enthroned, so that we get at the very heart of our being the reality of that is Christ, the King, over all. Amen. Okay, well, here's where we're going this morning. Uh, first, we are going to look at God's plan to sum up all things in Christ. That's verses 15 to 20. And then we'll briefly talk about the implications of that for us in verses 21 to 23. And then we'll conclude by responding to the kingship of Jesus by thinking about Paul's prayer. For the Colossians in verses 9 to 14. It's a bit back to front, but um, it's important to start with Jesus, don't you think? Right answer, you lot are good. (laughs) Listen to these powerful words from John chapter 1, verse 18. This is dynamite. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Jesus is himself God, he can represent God because he partakes of his essence. In verses 15 to 20, we're told two things. Firstly, we are told that Jesus is the agent by whom the world was brought into being. And secondly, we're told that he is the agent through which God's promises are fulfilled. Jesus is the firstborn over creation. Not that he was the first to be created. That's really important. Look at the preposition, over all creation. He is the initiator of creation. He is its heir. He is its completer. It's very easy for us to see this passage making the point that Christ's kingship and authority are a challenge to human understandings of power. But the trouble is, we live in a culture which seems confused about leadership. It's not that there's Christ's leadership and then there's a different model. There's a whole mess in how we look at leadership and authority. We don't know what we're looking for. We want strong leaders, but when our leaders do something we don't like, for example with our money, with the economy, we accuse them of not listening to the people or we set people up as our heroes, footballers, actors. And we aspire to and we admire their wealth and their influence and their lifestyles. But we can only tolerate their success for a short time because then we start to want them to fail. Their their privilege stops inspiring us and it starts to irritate us. We are fickle. We're hard to lead, and we're hard to inspire, because we have such a poor understanding of our own deepest needs and desires. But, you know, we don't want to be led by people who don't know what it's like for us, do we? We don't want people who are so rich, so sorted, so privileged, so beautiful, that we can't trust them to act on our behalf. Or we think that they're more interested. In their own ends than looking after our interests and this passage is saying Jesus can be trusted and so it's only in him that we the human species can attain what God intended you see Jesus is not just Lord over creation he's the one who took our suffering on himself he felt our pain for us through him, verse 20 says, God reconciled all things in heaven and on earth by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. He is Lord, yet he acts on our behalf as one of us, reconciling not just the human species but the whole cosmic order to himself. This is a theme that's come up quite a lot um, since I've come to Christ Church. We haven't introduced that theme deliberately, but it has come up time and time again that god is lord over the whole cosmos not just over humanity and he's reconciling everything to himself in christ perhaps that's something god thinks we need reminding of i don't know i'll leave that with you but you know here's the point the king of creation and the victor of redemption is the ultimate peacemaker he is god we are not he is in charge we are not so let's get rid of our mascot Jesus, the one who's just interested in keeping us happy. Let's get rid of that weak Jesus who's threatened by mere creatures too full of their own cleverness to consider his existence. Let's ditch the Jesus who is just a good example to follow like Gandhi or Muhammad or whatever. Let's get rid of the Jesus who is made in our Image, The one who thinks like us, has priorities like us, and the one who makes church all about us. He doesn't exist. He is Lord. You and I and the rest of our species are not. Jesus is Lord of creation and redemption. He's the one who's present in human weakness, present in suffering, present in our confusion, there when you've messed up. When we don't get on with one another, when we can't see God, he is there. And he is reconciling everything to himself. He is ultimately in control. So very briefly, um, verses 21 to 23, what are the implications for us? Once you were alienated enemies, the passage tells us. And now you are reconciled and liberated. The church in Colossae knows Christ to be king. And that reality changes everything. It's a completely new state. Now, just as Lynn and Pete this morning have come and dedicated their marriage, when you're married, everything changes. It's a new state. Get a new name. It's a new unit in the community. Everything has changed. And it's a bit like that. When Christ is king, everything has changed. Faith is not just something which adds a bit of value to your existence. Jesus is the meaning of your existence, church. He changes your existence. He's rescued you from darkness and put you into his kingdom. We have conceded the throne. He is king. Which leads us to our final point, which is uh, verses 19 to 14. Please do glance at that. I'm going to ask you to look at it in a second. Paul speaks of God filling them with the knowledge of his will and he doesn't mean there, let's get this straight, he doesn't mean accumulation of facts okay, he means godly living now if you love me, Jesus says in the Gospels if you love me, you will just do what everyone else around you is doing, is that right? no, if you love me, says Jesus, you will obey my commands. So Paul prays that they will bear fruit in good works, that they will grow in knowledge, that they'll be strengthened by his power, endure patiently and be grateful. I wonder as you look down at that passage, which of those themes strikes a chord with you? Fruitful lives, good works, growth in knowledge, knowing God's power, patient endurance, gratitude. Living lives which show that we are servants of the King, not servants of our own ends, not slaves of our culture. I want you to just take a moment to look at that passage and think about which of those categories God might be speaking to you about this morning. Let's resolve today, not just to hear the word, but to act on it. You see, if Christ is king, then I have to live like a servant of the king. So you don't just work in Sainsbury's, you are a servant of Jesus in Sainsbury's. You don't just go to college, you serve King Jesus at college. You don't just come to church to get fed, you come to church to serve the king. You don't just go to Pizza Hut to stuff your face. You go to serve the king. Now you may laugh, but um, I want to end by telling you something which happened to me yesterday. Um, After the railway day, I took my son Aidan and his friend Tim to Pizza Hut. Now, be careful adults. You know there's that saying, the child's the father of the man. Our young people are the prophetic voices we need to hear in this generation if you want to know what I mean, come along to Meal Space at 7 tonight we have so much to learn from our young people, anyway, that aside when we got to Pizza Hut, Aidan's friend said to me, oh, last time I came here, we did this really cool thing he said, my sister and I prayed for the people in Pizza Hut, and we prayed for our waitress and we asked God to give us words for our waitress, and it was really cool, because he did and then he said shall we do that today <laughs> and um, I'm in the middle of Pizza Hut I'm sitting at a table in Pizza Hut and um, I don't like to draw attention to myself in public places um, but I thought well I need to encourage this young man and his passion to share God's love with people around him so I said okay that'd be really fun please don't be offended by the word fun <laughs> when we're listening for the voice of the God of the universe, scripture says that um, that God's word is a delight to us, that it's like honey to us. And do you know what? We had so much fun in Pizza Hut yesterday. What happened was this. We, we prayed for our lovely waitress, Cara, and we asked God to speak. And as um, I went to pay the bill, I got chatting to her, and I said, do you enjoy your job? And she said, yeah, I love it. And I said, you know what? I I said, I I could tell that, actually. I said, because on our table, we were praying for you. (laughs) I'd finished my meal, so she couldn't spit in my food, because I was a weirdo. Um, (laughs) I said, we were praying for you, and I just felt that God was saying how much he delights in you, how much he is proud of the woman he has made you, because you are so caring and so kind, and you look out for the needs of others. I said, I just feel like God is smiling as he's watching you do your job. And at which point she got quite emotional and she hugged me and she said, thank you so much, you have no idea what that means to me. I got back to the table and Aidan said, Mum, what did you say? (laughs) You've made the waitress cry. (laughs) But you know what? When God speaks directly to our hearts, it can get pretty emotional, can't it? Church, you are made to serve the King. You're not just filling in time shopping, eating pizza, working. You are messengers of Christ the King, entrusted with the amazing news of reconciliation. Just to conclude, Romans 2, 4 says this, and I have a challenge for you to take away. It says this, it says, God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. The Heavenly Father is kind. He interacts with humanity in a way that is kind. Yesterday, God put me in a position by humiliating me with my teenagers, (laughs) by showing me that I was there to eat pizza, I wasn't there to bring God's kindness. That really challenged me. So can I set you a challenge this week? Be kind. Because the king is kind. Take chances, even if you might look really stupid. (laughs) Because the king risked everything to reconcile all things to himself on the cross. Let's pray. Christ, our King, fill us with the knowledge of your will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that we may live lives worthy of you and please you in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of your will, being strengthened with all power according to your glorious might, so that we may have great endurance and patience. And give us joyful gratitude that you have qualified us to share in the inheritance of your holy people in the kingdom of light. Amen.